Can everyone hear me? Okay, awesome stuff. So good evening once again. Uh, it's lekker to just be here with you guys, and uh, um, what a wonderful privilege to just stand in God's presence um, and just really enjoy Jesus. Um, yeah, I was I was absolutely wrecked. Um, yeah, just while I was worshiping now, because God. It feels like I kept on bringing to remembrance just the centrality of Jesus and just the, you know, just what Jesus has done in my life. And uh, I just want to, I know this is not the way that you start a sermon normally, but I want to just bring us back to um, just one of the songs that we sang tonight, just that first song of Glorious Day. So, Karabu, if you can just put it up. This really reminded me of my own life as I, as I was just reading this. You know, I needed rescue. My sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. Um, and for a moment, I just looked at the person of Jesus, and I kind of remembered that I was, I was in chains of ancestral worship. I was in chains of all sorts of things, looking for belonging. But Jesus came, and he broke the chains at the weight of his glory. Like in a sense that as I beholded the person of Jesus, and I saw the person of Jesus, chains couldn't help but just to break. Um, it really felt like it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a story of my life. And just to read it further, it says, I need a shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. I was reminded of how physically I was chased out of the house and I was on the streets, living on the street in my matric here. But Jesus came and he gave me shelter. That I was an orphan, but man, he came and rewrote my story in that today I can be called a citizen of heaven, a child of God, a son of the living God. And how, I mean, how can we not worship God if this is who the God that we're serving tonight? How can we not just uh, obey him and just lay our lives down and say, Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy of everything. How can we not just relinquish everything in our lives? In, in almost in, in like the more we see him in the excellencies of Jesus, we cannot help ourselves but just to say, God, our lives are yours. So I really pray um, that, uh, you know, as we were just going through this, that it wasn't just words or lyrics that we were singing, but, but in a sense, we, we just saw something of Jesus and what He has done in our lives. This is what tonight is all about. This is what our faith is all about, the centrality and looking at the person of Jesus. And that is, that is so beautiful. And as I said, I know this is not a way that you start a sermon, but I, I, just, I just needed to share that. Um, and I think there's a lot of us tonight that have stories. I was thinking of Jock, actually, when he was doing a stewardship teaching. I don't know how many of you know uh, Jock's story of how God saved him out of drugs a few years ago. Not even like 10 years or 20. A few years ago, this guy was transformed. I mean, how can we not worship Jesus? It's amazing. I just looked at him tonight as he was sharing here, and I was like, Jesus, I marvel at the works of your hands. That you could take a life that was so far, so alienated and so far removed from you and that you would bring him close into intimacy, into relationship with you. I mean, that, that, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. I'm just going to pray uh, just for my own heart and just to, just to give Jesus the praise again. Is that okay? Let, let's just pray together. So, Father, we just want to give you all the glory tonight, God. Oh, Father, we worship you. 
Jesus, we say that you are worthy of our worship, God. You are worthy of us laying down our lives tonight. You are worthy, Father, of us just screaming, Lord, at the top of our lungs, God. You are worthy of us dancing with all our might. You are worthy, Father, of us just laying down our lives, everything, Father, just in the pursuit of who you are tonight. So we just want to give you all the glory. We want to give you all the praise, God. We want to say that you are worthy, God. We want to join, Lord God, with a song of heaven right now, God, as the angels say that you are holy, God, as the angels say that there's no one else like you, God. We worship you, Father, just at the top of our lungs, God, for what you have done for us, for who you are, Jesus. And I pray that even tonight, even right now, God, through your word, that we will see you, that we will see the beauty, the majesty, the glory of Jesus being revealed in our midst, God, that the, every single part of what's going to happen now, Father, that people will look at it, Father, that will see a picture of Jesus, God, because we know that it's only when we behold you that our lives are never ever the same again our lives are never same again as we behold you God we thank you that your word says tonight that that Lord as we as we behold you we are being moved you are being shifted from one degree to the same image of Jesus we thank you Lord that we can behold you in such a beautiful way oh may you be glorified God may you be lifted high Jesus Lord your name is above every other name God Lord, and tonight we just want to bow down, Lord. We just want to lay ourselves down and say that you are worthy of a life laid down. That you are worthy of it all, Jesus. We give you praise and we glorify you. And everyone said, amen. Man, this is, this is difficult, man, to worship after such an amazing uh, just session of worship. It's incredible because it feels like I don't want to take anything away from what Jesus has already done tonight. I really feel and I pray that, that what I'm going to share with you tonight will just compliment and that you will see Jesus um, as I'm just sharing yeah, with you tonight. I know that we have uh, a lot of visitors that are here tonight, so I just want to say uh, welcome to all the visitors. My name is Godfrey, and I'm one of the elders um, of this church, and it's it's a, a wonderful privilege to have you all with us, um, and I pray that until this far that you've seen something of Jesus, that you've experienced something and tasted uh, something of His goodness and something uh, of His presence tonight. And uh, just maybe to give you a bit of a loop of what we've been going. So if you are part of JSGen, you would know this, but we are, we are busy with a series called This is Church. So for the past two weeks, we've been in the series where Andrew, who is the apostolic leader of JSGen, has just been sharing with us what is church. And uh, in the first session, he spoke all about just laying down. It was actually all about laying a foundation of what healthy church is. You know, that God has a pattern um, to, to, to what he thinks church should be because at the end of the day, we are Jesus' bride um, and he wants us a certain way. Um, so he just laid a foundation to say, how should we build as a church? And then with the second session, um, he looked a little bit at God's answer to the world is church church. And with this, he looked at we're all members of one another. The, our lives are actually so intertwined more than we can actually think or imagine that we are the body of Christ. That some of us who are seated here are the ear and you are the feet and you are the hands and you are, you know, all of these different parts, but that all these parts, when they come together, they paint a beautiful picture, a reflection of Jesus is. And we can only see a beautiful picture and a wider picture, clearer picture of Jesus if all parts of who we are as a church tonight. Might, um, work according to the way they should work. And um, can I maybe ask, um, who has, has, has been, until this far, who has looked at the series and just felt absolutely just wrecked in a sense? 
I, I, I know, like, it shifted so many things in my, in my heart. And, uh, and, and in a sense, as I, as, I, as I looked at it, it, it kind of produced a fear of the Lord uh, just in me. Just as an elder uh, or one of the elders of this church, I, I, I listened to Andrew, and, and I was thinking to myself, these things that Andrew are sharing, like, are, are they in my life? You know, am I living these things out? Is it a part and a fabric and a DNA of who I am as a leader? Because there is a sense that, that although, you know, we meet in different parts, Andrew is actually the leader of this church, um, and he's apostolic leader of this church. So in a sense, something of what Andrew carries in his heart is something that I and Mike and Leonard and all the other elders should actually be carrying. So I looked at my life, and in a sense, it, it just produced a bit of fear, the fear of the Lord to say, I, I need to make sure that, that I obey God. I need to make sure that I live a life that is worthy of His calling. So I think it would be uh, kind of... Um, in a good way, insane that uh, for the part, for the next probably like nine or ten weeks, we're still going to be looking at this series. And I think it would be kind of funny when uh, in December, when we look back at this series, that all of us can look back and say, you know what? We've memorized to the T what Andrew has said. We memorized all the scriptures. You know, we, we listen to all the analogies. We can regurgitate and we can just uh, say exactly what Andrew said in all of these series. But then there's no evidence in our lives that proves to the fact that we actually have obeyed God. I think it would be kind of scary to look back at it and say, these things were cool. You know, we heard Andrew and it was amazing. And it felt like, you know, just that there's a sense of God speaking to us. But then when we look at our lives, it's exactly the same as it was 10 weeks ago. So I think as we're looking at these things, I want to just encourage us tonight and speak a little bit about obedience to Christ. Because I think the aim of what God is trying to do in our midst is to recalibrate us in a sense. It's to shift us again. Uh, because as I said, that, that He is our bridegroom and we are His bride. And at the end of the day, there's a certain way that God would want His Son's bride to be, Right? And as, as I was just thinking of this, I was actually reminded of the 2nd of April, 2017. So that was both the scariest day of my life and also the most amazing and exciting day of my life. That is the day where I went to, or my family rather, on my behalf, went to my wife's side of the family and they asked her hand in marriage. Okay, this, this process is called the Lobola negotiation, where my family actually on my behalf, they would be a representative and say, hey, family, Mukhova family, we are here as the Magaos, and our son, whom you've never really, really met, um, you know, he, he wants your, your, your daughter in marriage, he's interested in your daughter. Um, and then there would be a deliberation between these two families to say, what should the prize be for this Lobola? And I just want to say disclaimer, I still need counseling after those Lobola negotiations, okay? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll probably send out an offering basket afterwards just to <laughs> recover, you know, just some of the things that were lost in that, in that process. Um, but I was just thinking about this, this analogy, and I was thinking, imagine, so when my family goes to Tumi's family, in a sense, they represent me, and they should paint a picture to Tumi's family of who I am as the bridegroom-to-be, right? And then likewise, they should paint a picture to my family on who Tumi should be as the bride. And, and I was just wondering, imagine if the two families met. And then uh, to me, his father say, would you guys just explain to us who is this Godfrey? Like, could you give us 
just a few characteristics of who this guy is. Imagine if this was my, my, my family's answer. You know, my family would sit down and it would, of course, start with the thing of, you know, Godfrey's not handsome at all, so you can just uh, brush that aside. But imagine if they said this, if they said, you know what, when you look at Godfrey, this is what we see. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. The world was actually created through him. He is actually the heir of all things. I mean, imagine if that was my, answer, my, my, my family's answer. Imagine the response that Tumi's family would have. I think they would look at this picture. First of all, they would think, shucks, is our daughter good enough for this guy? And then I think second of all, they would say, in, in, in time of prepar preparing for the wedding, we would want to make sure that we prepare our daughter as best as possible so that she can look presentable to this bridegroom. And I think in a sense, that's what God is busy doing among us. You know that at the end of the day, we are the bride of Christ. And if the word says that Christ is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of God's nature. So when you look at Christ, you see God. If this is who Christ is, then what does it mean about how we need to look as a bride? And I think in a sense, I want to encourage us to say, as God is twigging us and He's doing just different things through this different series, our response should be, God, we want to be the best bride as possible for your son Jesus because He is worthy. He is beautiful. He is glorious. He is wonderful. He is majestic. You know, because even as you go further, just in Hebrews 1 of how it would, it would describe Jesus, it says, after he made purification for our sins, he sat at the right hand of the majesty on high. I mean, how beautiful is that? It says, having become, you know, more superior than angels, as the name that he has inherited is, is, is more excellent than theirs. This is the Jesus that we serve. And in a sense, there should be a, a hard cry in our hearts to say, man, we want to look as presentable as possible to this Jesus. We want to look beautiful, and we need to open up our hearts in that instance to say, Jesus, would you come, and would you shift, would you move anything that doesn't look like the bride you want us to be one day? Because one day you and I, there's going to be a wedding, right? We all know this. There's going to be a wedding. And, and we will be waiting, and our bridegroom will come to us. And as he comes to us, man, it's going to be a glorious, glorious, glorious day. And I know that in my heart, as an elder, of course, we're going to have to give an account to this bride. We're going to have to give an account to, to the work that God had called us to do pre to prepare his bride. And I know that I want, to, I want to stand there one day, and in a sense, alongside Andrew and all the other elders, present Josh Chen just as a, as a beautiful bride that is without blemish. I think just overall, that is what God is trying to do among us as a congregation. So I want to, I wanna, as we just transition to this thing called obedience, I think 
you know, I, I know ex in, in my life there is sometimes a thing of I hear different sermons and I, I hear different people and I read my, my Bible and I just go from one podcast to another and I read this book and I go to another book and there's all of these different materials that I just consume, 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 and consume. And the longer that I journey with Christ, it feels like there are ways, you know, or there are parts in me actually that starts becoming relaxed, you know, parts of me that, that starts becoming apathetic, parts of me that start, you know, just, just, just being comfortable with being in a relationship with Jesus. And I think, you know, it's, it's insanity, as Einstein said it, to, to look at the scriptures and to, to read everything that we read, you know, on a Sunday like this, to listen to a sermon, to read our Bibles, and to do all of these different things, and then what we do is we just walk away and we look exactly the same. I think there's something of obedience that God is calling us to as his bride. I really think that he's, he's calling us not to just hear stuff, but he's calling us to actually take those stuff. Um, and, and what I'm trying to do tonight is, as I was just preparing for this word, it was a heavy word for me because I looked at my life because hopefully what, I, what I'm trying to do tonight is not to say, here's the scripture, take just then, you know, you go sort, sort yourself out with God. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take the scriptures and I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to measure my life just with the scriptures. I'm trying to see, God, is there something in me, first of all, that needs to be shifted, that needs to be recalibrated. And I want to minister and I want to preach out of a place, you know, of, of not saying you guys, you know, are not right with Christ. But I want to I preach and minister out of a place of saying, God, you are busy doing something in me and out of that place. I want to present or minister this word. So I'm not here just standing as one who's got this thing figured out, as one, you know, who can say I've ticked all the boxes, but I'm standing as one that as I'm preaching to you, that I'm in a sense preaching to my own heart and say, Godfrey, God is calling you to obedience in this season and in this time. And how are you going to position yourself and going to align yourself so that at the end of the day, you can be the bride that Christ would want? So I just want to look at a scripture as we just journey along. And uh, this scripture speaks about Paul and just the calling that, um, yeah, that God has, had given him. And I just want to use it in a sense uh, just to lay a certain foundation. So from verse 1, or uh, Romans 1 verse 4 to 5, it reads as follows. Paul, a servant of Christ, Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. I know that's a mouthful, just stick with me. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. In essence, what Paul is trying to say, he says, I've received a certain calling and a certain authority and as an apostle, and, and part of my work or part of my primary work that, call, that God has called me to do is actually to bring about the obedience of faith. It's actually to teach you what it looks like to obey uh, according to the faith. That's, that's what he's saying to us, uh, a part of his calling is. So he's writing all of these different letters to the different churches. And in essence, what he's trying to do, he's only trying to say, guys, this is the bride ultimately that Christ would want. 
There are things in you that doesn't look like this picture of Christ. And he's saying, I want to encourage you, you know, to actually conform yourself, to be obedient to this picture of what Christ would want his church to be. In essence, that's what he's trying to do. And another place where we see this uh, word obedience um, or just to obey is in Hebrews 11 verse 8 to 9, which is a very popular chapter that we all know uh, where they write about the, the heroes of the faith. And it reads as follows. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. So by faith, Abraham obeyed, although what God was calling him to in that season and in that time, he, he didn't know the picture. He didn't know the fuller picture. Some things were very blurry. He didn't know what he was going into, but it says by faith, he still obeyed God and said, God, I will lay down my life. I will lay down my plans. I will lay down my dreams. I will lay down anything you're calling me to lay down, and I will make sure that I go into this thing that you're calling me to. And I think in a sense that that should be our heart's posture to say, sometimes what God calls us to won't make sense. Sometimes what God calls us to won't make sense. There's so many different parts and so many different stories in my life where God called me into certain things where I had no clue what he was doing. But as I obeyed, I saw God move. And as I obeyed, I saw God's stuff. And that's also scary enough, parts of my life, as I look back, where I disobeyed God. And because of my disobedience, there's something of God that I missed. And that is a scary thing. But we'll look at that uh, a little bit later. So once again, as we look at these, he at these heroes, I think it's all people that we look at and we marvel at their faith. We marvel at, the, at, the, at the, just the, the, the way they risk their lives, the way they sacrifice, all of these things. But I want to say there is one thing that sets us apart from those people today. And that one thing is called obedience. We actually read about people who obeyed God. That as God spoke, they did. You read many times in the scriptures where God would say prophetically or through prophets or anyhow to, to, to his children or the people of Israel. And then they would carry it out exactly God would want that thing to be carried out. And we see the fruits and we see the inheritance that they step into as they obeyed God. And it's the same for us that as we step into what God is calling us, that there's an inheritance that we are going to inherit. I promise you that as we lean, especially in this season with what God is recalibrating in us as a church, there's something that as we look back, we're going to trace many, many things to this season. Churches are going to be built in other places. People are going to, you know, we are going to move in their giftings and their calling and the fullness of Christ. And some of those things will be traced back to the season of our lives. And in a sense, I want to ask, can we lean in in this season? You know, can we just ask one question that as, as, we, as we hear what God is saying, can the question that we ask every single time is, God, how can I position myself to this? How can I make sure that I don't lean out, but I lean in to what you want to do in your bride in this season? 
Because the scary thing about this as well is, you know, for, for some of us, if you miss that thing, you know, many months from now, we will look back. And sometimes we look at how the church has advanced and how certain people have moved forward in their walk with Christ. And we'll wonder, but why, why is my growth kind of like stunned? But it's because they obeyed God as God revealed himself in different ways. So the next scripture that I would like to just look at is Hebrews 13, verse 17. So in this we read, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will, give, who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So again, obey your leaders and submit to them. I know that in the day and age that we're living right now, we're living in a space and a time where this is offensive to say to certain people. I know even churches, which obviously but with through respect and honor that I will not mention, where if you would, you know, pull up a scripture like this, it would be an offense to people to say, what, who are the leaders that we should obey those leaders? But I want to say, can we be different? Can we be of those who say, we will obey ourselves? And, and I want to say, guys, as elders, I know sometimes it looks like we're just drinking coffee with people and we're having a nice life and we're just praying and we're seeing angels at night, you know, like it's just all hunky and dory. But I want to I wanna, I wanna promise you guys that there are moments where we're lying in our beds and where we're laboring before God on your behalf. There are, I'm, I'm not, I'm not full-time, and God, by His grace, this is what happens sometimes when I'm at work. Sometimes I'll be in front of my computer doing whatever, and then I'll think, I need a coffee right now, and I'll stand to go make a coffee. And as I do that, with that just space or that free time, sometimes God will just bring an image of one of you or, or a scripture or something or a name of one of you. And, and, and as, I, as I just, you know, just take out my phone and I will WhatsApp or I'll call, you know, and I will, I will hear that this person is not doing well. So God, by His grace, he, he knows, you know, like I've only, you know, that, that space of time. But it's almost like he, he makes it a point to make sure, God, I've called you to be a shepherd, to be a leader for my people. So, so even if you're not in the conventional church space, I will remind you of certain people because I, I, I care for them and I love them. And I've called you as a leader to serve them and to love them. So I, I want to say that we love you guys. We really labor on your behalf. And as it says here, that one day we're going to give an account for your lives. So I want to plead with you in a sense to say, would you trust us as leaders? And I know it's kind of uh, weird, you know, like from that coming from a leader. You know, it would have been easier if it came from someone else to say, guys, obey your leaders. I know that being a leader saying obey us, that's kind of, it, it, it feels wrong in a sense. But, but this is what the scripture is saying. Obey your leaders and submit to them. I want to ask you tonight. How are you doing with submission? Because here's the thing. Sometimes our obedience to our earthly leaders reveals something of our obedience to God. Sometimes, you know, by the mere fact that we don't obey the leaders that God has put in place for us in the local church, sometimes that reveals something that we're actually not obeying God. And I know that's a very strong statement to make. But I want to say, obedience to your leaders is actually a fruit of your obedience to God. So as you obey God, actually, it should be easy for you to obey leaders. 
And of course, we won't lead you to some weird thing. That's why there's a plurality of, of, of elders. You know, that's why we believe that we, we need to be led by multiple leaders because if one of us, you know, kind of just uh, lose the way, then, then the other ones can pull him back. So I, I want to say that we, we, want, we labor on your behalf and would you trust us in God and would you obey us and would you submit to us as we try to follow God and as we try to just play a part and a role in making sure that you are the bride that Christ will be pleased with one day. Are we still okay? So the, the scary thing about all of this thing or this thing called obedience is as an elder or as a calm leader or as a deacon or as a leader in the church, no one can actually force you to obey. It's actually a choice that you make in your heart to say, I'm going to give myself to this. I'm intentionally and willingly going to give myself to this. And I want to say that we, we will never force you to anything. All we'll do is we'll point you towards the scriptures and let the scriptures speak to you. So in a sense, I want to encourage you tonight. Would you just, in, in your own way, would you just make that willing decision, especially in this season? It really feels like there's something that God has for us as George Jen. Really, it feels, it feels like that. And it feels like the more we're going to lean into Him is the more that Christ is going to reveal among us. And I think even tonight is the fruit of that. I don't know, like even just the something of the worship tonight and just being here together, there's just a sense that God's presence is here. And it's beautiful to see that. It's really incredible to see that. Now I think we're going to walk in the more of Christ as we try to obey Him. Because here's the thing, I know that a, a lot of us or all of us in here actually, we, we want to take hold of God's promises. I think in George Jen we use these words a, a, a lot to say we want to move into the more of Christ. But I want to say the only way that you can move in the more of Christ is by being obedient to what Christ is saying. That is the only way that you can move into the more. In a sense, the more we, 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 we just lean in and the more we obey in the little things is the more, in a sense, that God trusts us with bigger things and He reveals His glory among us. So I think in all of this, I'm so just, uh, um, I think for the sake of time, here's what I'll do. I'm not going to go deep into it, but I want to I wanna ask, why is it so important for us to actually obey God? Why is it so important for us to obey God? Just in general, why is it important to, to obey Him? And I want to, I in a sense, paint a picture of obedience and disobedience. This is to, to, to give you a picture of what it, what it does when you are disobedient and then also what, what happens when you are obedient to God. And I will, I will, I will go um, through this. If you want it, just after this, um, I will, I'll be uh, more than enough, more than glad to just give you, give you my notes. But, but disobedience to God causes callousness. When we are disobedient to God, you know, maybe not the first time or maybe not the second time, but I, I want to say as you go along the track, you find yourself in this space where you, you don't even feel anything. You don't feel sometimes the conviction of God or you don't feel the presence of God. And sometimes we think that, uh, you know, we are in a desert or, or anything like that. But sometimes it's just simply because we're not obeying. 
It's, it's, it's really what it is. Secondly, disobedience can be sinful or can open a door for sin. This is what disobedience does. The more we are disobedient, the more we become relaxed. You know, the more we want to take hold of our own lives and control of our own lives, the more we follow our own desires because we're not leaning in and we're not submitting ourselves to what God is saying and, and where He's calling us to. So sometimes we find ourselves in a place where sin has crept in. And we can't, in a sense, we, there's a stronghold of our lives, and we can't, like, shake these things loose. And we wonder, why can I not shake this thing loose? But maybe it's because of disobedience. Thirdly, disobedience makes us lukewarm. Disobedience makes us lukewarm. And I think as we're just working through this series, we all have read and we've all seen in Revelation what happens to people who are lukewarm. Jesus says, because you are not warm or you are not cold, I will spit you out. And I don't think there's anyone here tonight that wants to be spat out. But I want to say the more that we obey Jesus is the more actually that we become hot and fiery for, for his name. It's the more zeal for his house and zeal for his name consumes us. And then lastly, disobedience can sometimes cause us to miss, to miss God's will for our lives. Sometimes we miss something of the inheritance that God has for us because of disobedience. And I think we can look at, you know, guys like Moses who missed what God wanted to give to them. We, can, we, we look at guys like Saul who missed completely what God had for them, where, where God changed his mind and said, because you did not honor me, because you were disobedient, I'm setting someone else up to take your place. So what I had for you actually is being removed. So sometimes we risk, we risk just a thing of, man, the inheritance that God would want to release uh, to us. But I don't want to make us somber tonight. I don't want to make us heavy. Um, so I want to say, on the obedience side, so the more we, ob we obey God is the more we glorify God. God is glorified by our obedience. There is something that when we relinquish just all control and only try to submit our lives before Him and live open lives and say, Jesus, we are yours with everything that we are. There's something of that, man, where, where the Son of God, you know, He's just glorified in that. That people look at our lives, they see all the good works that are shining through us, and they see a picture of who Jesus is. So He is glorified by that. Secondly, Obedience produces maturity. So sometimes we find ourselves stagnating in our walk with God. And we, we kind of, we look at the picture of, but we are giving ourselves to church. We're going to come, you know, maybe on a Wednesday evening or Thursday evening. We are going to church. We're singing all the songs and all the lyrics and, and all of these things. Uh, but it just feels like we are stagnating. It feels like there is no growth in our relationship with God. I want to say it's, it's almost impossible for you to grow if you don't obey. It's impossible to grow. So I want to say there's growth in for us as a church. There's maturity in, in for us as a church. In this season, there is a sense that God wants, wants us to move from, from being children that are tossed to and fro, you know, to being those who are in Him, that are solid in Him, and are able to, to eat, you know, the solid foods of what He has for us. And it's so interesting that I've, I've met a lot of, and, and I've actually also been, if I can confess tonight, or also been at that place where sometimes you are part of a church and you look at the church and you think to yourself, something is wrong with this church, you know, because it feels like I'm not growing. And of course, that's not my fault. It's the church's fault, right? You know, where it feels like, 
man, I'm not going to this church. And sometimes we're tempted. We want to move to a different church or want to move to a different com or want to move to somewhere else. But, but some of the reason maybe why we're experiencing that if we haven't learned what it looks like to obey God, and maybe if we just started obeying God, that there's something of maturity that will start, start stepping in, yeah, just that, that God has for us. So I want to say, if you're saying tonight, I'm hungry for God and I'm thirsty for God, I want to ask you, are you obedient? Are you obedient to whatever He may call you in this season of your life? Is your life in such a way that you're saying, I'm living a life that is submitted to Him? So thirdly, God rewards obedience. God cannot help himself. When you obey him, he cannot help himself to release something of his presence over us. He can't help himself but to release something of his power, something of his glory, something of his favor upon us as a people as we obey him. And man, if we want to, you know, just be a church and if we want to be people uh, that wants to take hold of the promises of God, because we say we are the Joshua generation, those who are called to take hold of God's promises. And if we want to do that, then man, we need to give ourselves to this thing. And then lastly, obedience in the small things, as I've already alluded, helps us to be obedient in the big things. One of the principles that I'm so grateful for that I learned, and it was a very difficult thing from the beginning, in varsity days, I remember even both Tumi and I, when we were starting to date, both of us looked at each other and said, how can we be faithful with the little that God has given us? And both of us made a commitment in our hearts to say, you know what, what belongs to God is God's. So even as students who don't have a stable budget every month, you know, even, I mean, I was hustling between different jobs, and they said there was nothing stable happening in my life, but through God's grace, we just had this principle to say, we will give to God what God wants us to give to Him, we will be obey, we will obey God with this thing, and I, man, I can tell you countless, countless of stories of how God just supernaturally just came through. And, and, and now, it's many, many years after our varsity days and all of it, and I promise you, if we didn't lay that foundation of giving while we had something small, I promise you, it would be very, very difficult for us today to give to God and to give ge generously to God and His people. It would be very, very different. So I want to say, if you're a student tonight, or you are, you know, in an entry-level job or whatever it is, I want to say, can you be faithful in the small things? Can you be faithful in the small things? Because I, I promise you it will be very difficult. When the time comes and God releases whatever favor over you, it's going to be very difficult for you to obey God in that if you're not learning to obey God in this season of your life. Is, is, is that okay? Are we still in a, that together? So what, what should our response be? I'll end with this. What should our response be when we think about this thing called obedience, when you're thinking about what God is doing among us as a church? And in a sense, there's a, a, a very popular scripture that most of us would know in Acts 2 verse 37. And if you can just put it up, Karabo, it says, Now when they heard this, they were caught to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? So this is a group of people who've just heard Peter just share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and how Jesus was crucified. And after hearing all of these things that Peter had said, their response is, what shall we do? 
What can we do after hearing all of these things that you just said? It says that they were caught to their hearts. I want to ask, when was the last time that you were caught to the heart? When was the last time where you sat here or you sat in your room doing your own Bible study, your own devotion, and the, the, the Word of God, you gave it enough space just to come in and just to cut your heart? And out of that place where you, you just say, God, what, what should I do now? What are you asking of me to do now? And I think even in this season, this should be our response to say, God, what shall I do? And as I said, it's, it's interesting how, especially with the first session, I was listening to Andrew, and, and especially when he, um, and Karabo, you, you don't have to pull it up, but in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 16 to 7, so what happens is Paul sends Timothy to the church in Corinth, and he says, I'm sending you Timothy who will remind you of my way of life. I mean, imagine what this guy is saying. So Paul is saying, I'm sending you this young guy, and as you look at this guy's life, something of who he is and what he will tell you, what will come out of his mouth will remind you of me, and it will remind you of my life. And I remember when I, when I, I wrote it down in my journal, when I, when I heard that immediately I was, I was caught to the heart. Immediately I asked myself, when I look at Andrew, and I know this is not about Andrew at all. It's not about him as a person. But there's a sense that God has graced Andrew in a particular way. There's a sense that God has given him a mandate to build church and to build it well. And in a sense, Andrew should have confidence to say, Godfrey, I'm going to send you to Malawi. I'm going to send you to Zimbabwe. Or I'm going to send you wherever, you know, he would want to send me. And something in me should actually resemble something of Andrew. In a sense, it's not about him, and I, I know that I'm not being conformed to the image of Andrew. I'm being conformed to the image of Jesus, but there's something of the image of Jesus that God has given to Andrew. And as an elder and extension, uh, maybe I'm the hand or I'm the feet, whatever part I am um, in, 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 in this thing, but there's a sense that something in my DNA, something in, in how I view church and how, uh, you know, we will want to glorify God as we, as we build, you know, healthy churches, there's something in that that people should look at and say, man, you remind us of Andrew. It's, it's really like, there, there, was, there was a part where, where I was cut to the heart, where I asked myself, is it like that? And what can I do in this season of my life to make sure that I lean into that? Not to become a second Andrew, but that there's something of, of a deposit that God has given him that I can also trust that it will flow through me as an extension of what God has given him. Does that, does that make sense? I know it sounds very weird. Mark, does it make sense? That's it. <laughs> so, I know that I said I, I, I'm lending, but I'll just say this, this one last thing. In Mark 1, verse 17 to 18, we see a picture of Jesus calling his disciples. And it reads as follows. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will, I will make you become fishes of men. And then it says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus. And we know, you know, that Simon and Andrew at the time, these guys were fishers. They, they, they were guys that made their livelihoods and their living on, on making business. And here comes Jesus and he says, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And, and their heart's position, their response is immediately we're going to leave our nets and we're going to follow Jesus. 
But I want to paint a picture of the progression or give you a glimpse of the progression, especially of Peter's life after this experience. After him saying, Jesus, I will obey you and I will follow you and I will come after you. I'm not going to go into every single part, but I'll just, uh, just brush through it. In Matthew 16, verse 17 to 19, it says, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we see a progression from laying down his life, and then here Peter somehow gets a revelation uh, from God. And then Jesus said, on this revelation that you have, Peter, this is where uh, or how I want to establish my church. In Acts 2 verse 14, again we see, uh, just Peter, it says, but Peter standing with the 11 lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my word. So what's happening here? So Peter once again is, is preaching the gospel or he's, he's rather defending the gospel in front of the council. So he moved from a guy who left his life and then we see how God gives him boldness and courage so much so that he would stand up in the assembly of people and that he would address them. And then another one says in Acts 4 verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders. So once again, we see a picture of Peter now being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, and it's, it's beautiful to just see what God does with a life that is laid down, a life of a person that says, God, I will follow you and I will obey you with every single thing and with every fiber of my being. And then the last one is this, Acts 4 verse 13. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that these men had been with Jesus. So from a life of dealing with fish, mending nets, Jesus comes, he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men to being an apostle that oversees churches that speaks into churches, an apostle that will bring correction to churches to make sure that, uh, that we build and we, 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 we see a bride that Jesus will be pleased with one day. So I want to ask you lastly, imagine what God wants to do through your life. Imagine what would happen with your life in this season at this moment. If you can come to a place of saying, Jesus, I'm not going to make any excuses but all I'm going to do is the response of my heart will be, what shall I do? The response of my heart will be, immediately I want to leave everything. And I want to follow you with every single fiber of my being. So I just want to ask us maybe if we can just stand tonight. So I'm just going to ask, as we just um, end off tonight, can you just maybe where you are, just close your eyes. And in a sense, I don't want to just uh, rush it or just go past and just share many words or anything like that. But I want us, I want us maybe f just for a couple of seconds, just to practice this, to say, God, what is it right now from this preach that you are saying? What are you actually calling me into right now.
can we just take a couple of seconds with every eye closed just to just to spend a bit of time with God and do business with God to say what it is, in which area are you calling me today, right now, to obey you and to follow you fully? So I just had uh, an impression of a snake, and um, I felt like Holy Spirit is wanting to warn us um, of something that the enemy is going to do in this time. Um, I felt that as um, Andrew shares further through the This Is Church series, and we come under our leaders, um, I just really felt like there's going to be something whispered in our ears that, that sounds like this, but did God really say? That's, that's what the serpent um, told, um, told Eve when he tried to deceive her to eat from the different tree. He said, did God really say um, that, that you will die? When you, when you eat of this tree. And, and I feel like the enemy is going to try and convince us that, um, that the words that's coming through our leaders um, and from Andrew is not really the words of God. Um, and, and I really just feel that we should heed what the, 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 the warning of the Holy Spirit um, and really trust that the Lord is good and trust that he wants to lead us well and trust that when we eat of the tree of life, which is Christ, that we will really have life and life in abundance. Wow, that is, that is something we need to hear too. Um, so once again, I'm going to say like if that word really resonates with you tonight and you just feel like there's something of, you know, just God calling you and, and just asking you like, will you obey me fully in this time? Would you trust me? Like, would you just believe that I'm doing something in this season? Um, and would you just in a sense jump on the train uh, that I'm leading in this time? Would you make sure that you are on that thing and you are going the same direction that I want to take this whole thing. So I want to say, if, you, if, if that resonates with you and tonight you almost want to make a, com a, a commitment to say, God, I, I want to follow you fully in this thing, that whatever you would call me to do in this time and whatever areas there, there, there are in my life that, you, that I need to recalibrate or need to just shift or to move, um, I'm willing to do that. Can we, can we maybe just, if, if you resonate with that, would you just raise your hand wherever you are? And then we can just together just, just trust um, yeah, that God would just yeah, really just deposit something in us of faith tonight to say we want to follow him fully. So, Father, we, we just want to come tonight, God. Lord, we want to be the bride, Father, that pleases you, God. We want to be the bride that is, that is beautiful, God, the bride that is without blemish, God. Lord, we want to make ourselves, Lord God, just we want to make sure we want to align ourselves with you, God, and the picture that you have in our in our mind, in your mind, God. So right now, we just want to come and we pray, Father, would you just align every part of us, Father, that doesn't look like you, God. I pray, would you just recalibrate, Lord God, anything in us, God, that doesn't look like you. And I pray even in the areas where we don't see it, God, the areas where we are blinded, Lord, the areas where we, we have blind spots, God, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you even bring to remembrance those things in this season. And I pray, would you teach us what it looks like to lean into you, Father, and to commit our 
our lives fully, to commit our hearts fully, God, that it will be a practical thing, God, that, that it won't be just a thing where we memorize stuff, we know things, and we hear the theology, God, but that we, we would say, well, how, how should we live this thing out practically? I pray, Father, that you'll give us the grace to move things in our lives as we know that we are called to be of those who do your word, Father, not just to simply hear your words. So we just pray, come and do that in us tonight in the name of Jesus.